we're back yes that's right we are back for another episode of f1 shot corner the podcast where we bring you all things f1 keep a beverage handy because this chat can get a little spicy at times my name is Anch, and in this podcast we will be talking about amusement parks earplugs and heartbreaks joining me as always is Gotham who I am quite envious of because he was actually at the qualifying for the German Grand Prix this past weekend Gotham how was it one of the most exciting qualifying sessions and I could not be more grateful that I was able to be there for it absolutely I was brilliant so jealous so jealous of you at first I was really excited for you because I'm like oh man his first ever live Grand Prix experience that's so awesome and then I saw how qualifying transpired and I'm like I hate you because you literally <laughs> saw one of the most amazing qualifying sessions ever it really Live was it really was grandstand. and uh, I don't know why you're talking about earplugs you should rather be talking about the lack of earplugs because uh, it's not like the good old days where you need to keep stuffing your ears there was no need that's for earplugs that's exactly what I meant actually that's what I meant I wanted to kind of lead you into that whole conversation of how yeah. fans didn't need earplugs live because damn those hybrid engines don't sound yeah. as loud as they should but you know Arch, i want to touch um qualifying was was simply brilliant um it yeah. it rained about a couple of hours before before it uh, got underway and yes, uh, the track was uh, pretty wet but then uh, we had the Porsche uh, the Porsche Super Cup series happening and so the track dried out after that and so we had a dry qualifying um and You know, so when you're sitting there, I was lucky enough that I managed to sit at the main grandstand on the start finish straight. And uh I'll tell you one of the most exciting things about sitting at that point was that you can see mm-hmm. the cars turning into the last corner. Right? Oh, there's 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 one part which is slightly blinded. So where I was sitting, I was I was slightly blinded by the uh by the big television screen next to the podium. And so I couldn't So you were basically right by the exit of the last corner. No, I was actually I was actually right opposite the Merck and Ferrari garage garages. Oh my goodness, that's really I was right there. No, but the exit of the last corner, right? Yeah, so that was to my right. That was to my right. Right, right, right. right and right, right. Uh, there was a certain section of the track behind that before the last corner which was um, sort of, you know, this long uh, parabolic sort of turn um mm-hmm. which was blocked off and then no, so it it's a bit slow in the beginning. and then suddenly you can see the cars start accelerating into the corner and then they're carrying massive Amazing. amounts of speeds uh, down the down the main street and you know you could clearly tell at turn 1 uh-huh. the difference between uh, Mercedes Ferrari and all the other cars the sheer amount of speeds those cars were carrying into turn 1 that was actually visible even to the naked eye and it was an it was a brilliant feeling just seeing Sebastian Exploring it down the main straight, and then he just flicks his wheel and he shoots through the corner of turn one, and uh, it's, it's it was an amazing sight, a sight to behold. And uh, Hamilton did that as well. Uh, and then mm-hmm. you know you you kind of lose sight because there are other cars coming around. And the yep. next thing I know, I was also looking uh, at the screen, and suddenly I see Hamilton out of his car and pushing it down the. Down oh, the street, yeah. back street. Yeah, I posted that. I posted that up when yeah. you sent that to me and I'm like, "Oh my goodness." And uh, because you actually sent that to me before I saw it on my live feed yeah. at home yeah. and I'm like, "Wait, what? Why is he pushing his car? What the hell?" <laughs> that was funny. It was crazy. But then absolutely brilliant and you know, you could see every time Raikkonen and Vettel were lighting up the the timing screens. They were just kept doing purple sector after purple sector. 
And then suddenly mm. in Q3, Valtteri Bottas came out of nowhere and he... Where did that come from? He started killing it. Mm-hmm. And he set a brilliant lap time. And Raikkonen, as, as usual, he messed up at once part of the track and so he wasn't able to get on pole. And then Vettel, as Valtteri was completing his lap, I could also see Vettel's time and I knew, I just knew at that point that Vettel had this. That he was putting yeah. in a perfect lap and the minute he crossed the line, the entire track, and it was a packed track, it was a sold out weekend at Hockenheim. Every, literally Crazy. 90%, excluding the Max Verstappen fans, everyone stood up and they were cheering <laughs> and clapping for uh, for Vettel and it was an amazing sight. And, uh, you know, for, for Vettel to to uh, take pole in his home Grand Prix, you know, he was he was born about 30 kilometers um, from the track. Uh, I'm getting boosted. It must have been, been an amazing feeling for him. It was an amazing feeling for me to see that. And, um, yeah. and uh, yeah, and, and it was Kimi Raikkonen made a few mistakes, finished P3, Valtteri Bottas P2. Uh, and everyone expected a good race, but I, you know, to be honest, Ferrari and Mercedes, I thought they were equally well supported. Ferrari, Mercedes, and even Red Bull uh, to a certain extent. Yeah, well, <laughs> it's funny you say that, and we'll talk about this in the race because uh, just fast forwarding to that heartbreaking moment, the swing of emotions, the elation that was called the qualifying session for the home fans, and then the sheer heartbreak that was when Vettel lost it into the corner uh, and he crashed into the barriers and I think he crashed right in front of the Dutch fans probably yeah <laughs> because because you because you see him crash and then all of a sudden you see this big cheer and I'm like Wait, what <laughs> what's going on and then then the camera pans out and I'm like oh he literally crashed in front of the but you know, fans and they were just like in elation and I'm like oh man that's that's even worse I have to guy. say the Dutch fans they add a lot of character to a Grand Prix weekend uh Max, we're very lucky to have Max Verstappen and, and the kind of following that he has. Uh, the Dutch fans, the it's cool very, for the sport though. I like it. I like that. Like you I can like pick out the Dutch fans even when you're sitting on the opposite side of the track. You can see where the Dutch fans are sitting, and they bring a lot of character and That's they bring fantastic. a lot of um, fun to to a Grand Prix weekend. And they're always very colorful, also, um, from what I could see. Mm-hmm. And it was um, simply brilliant to to be there during qualifying. But then. Awesome. Uh, come, come the start of the race. What yeah, the race? What were your thoughts on the come race? Come the start of the race. Clean start by Sebastian. I actually thought Valtteri got out really well off the line, but uh, Sebastian... I think he got better. I, I thought he was better and I thought he was going to take it, but uh, yeah, Sebastian yeah. managed to cover him off into turn one. And um, mm-hmm. no incidents going going into turn one. Quite surprising, really. No interesting tactics by, by anyone. Uh, so... <laughs> That was a that was a good clean start, and everyone is of course expecting the race, uh, the rain to 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 play havoc uh, on this uh, race. But at some point, and it did. But I thought it was very exaggerated, and people were just overreacting. Like I, th- I think this the thought of the rain had people more scared than the actual rain, because it. Well, it's funny you say that because during the warm up lap. Carlos Sainz was constantly on the on the radio just asking, when's the rain coming? When's the rain coming? Is the rain coming now? When is the rain coming? What's happening? What's happening? And everyone was, I think, just... I think they were all kind of gambling on strategies based on when they thought the rain was coming in, which I thought was extremely interesting right from the start of the race. Yeah, it's like people were just... <laughs> they almost wanted the rain to come so that their strategies would work out yeah. more than anything. <laughs> Everyone but Ferrari <laughs> wanted the rain to come. But um, yeah, it was, it was quite. Uh, I, I thought it was, I thought there was a lot of drama because of the rain, and it wasn't even raining at the whole track. 
but only in certain parts and i thought that uh, we, we saw the chaos with sauber i don't know what poor charles leclerc was doing he 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 <laughs> he was just having a fun day out you know they just sort of doing whatever they wanted to do <laughs> they just called him in whenever they, they felt like it they kept it. changing his tires he just went around and he was doing like a 360 degree spin the 360 what a perfect that was 360 that 360 was amazing 360 degree spin and uh, <laughs> he 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 was doing his own thing uh, at hockenheim i think he he really enjoyed it as well yeah. and uh, red bull max verstappen's uh, strategy was also messed up because uh, Red Bull were rather too keen to get onto the wet tires to see if Max could cause some havoc but that didn't really work out. But yeah, the weekend was all about Lewis Hamilton. It was all about Lewis Hamilton. Oh, you got to give it to him. I think literally that- from heart from the heartbreak of qualifying, you know, where he was staring at a potentially um, a 20 point gap to to Vettel uh turned into mm-hmm. Well not maybe not 20 points but maybe about at least uh, let's say 12 to 15 points at least double digits for sure yeah, yeah. double digits for and he's managed to turn that round to a 17 point lead for himself simply brilliant it's amazing that's insane that's insane and that, that's why I was in the beginning I said this this formula one se- you know this is why I'm talking about amusement parks this formula one season is an amusement park with the most crazy intense roller coasters that ever was in this in this amusement park because i mean i don't know if my heart can handle these swings in championships these swings in the races i mean how many amazing races have we had over the, and we thought over last year was brilliant you think baku was yeah and we thought last year was was nerve-wracking this this season's in, in, insane um it's almost like i jinxed it because i thought vettel had it he completely had it in the bag before shunting it Um it almost looked like one of those classic old school Red Bull Vettel days where he was controlling every aspect of the race and it's almost like every other team was kind of adapting to strategies based on what he was doing or what his lap times was. And that was something amazing to watch but then to just see how he just just made a driver error. I mean it's the most crazy driver error in the rain to lose grip and shunt it's it was just I was gutted. I was also pissed off at him like come on man you almost had it but also how the fortunes switched i'm still recovering from it i don't know I, i'm out of words as to how all of this transpired in the end and after what happened at the end at silverstone that itself was hard like you know hard well actually it makes you feel better i think Amazing. this time it wasn't ericsson's fault <laughs> ericsson had a very event free race finished pretty well he finished above charles leclerc leclerc yeah. actually went into uh, q3 and uh, uh he finished uh, <laughs> not where he was expecting i think uh and marcus ericsson managed so to now, finish uh, better than him yeah and i think what i found was amazing was uh, amidst all the chaos i think mercedes kept their wits about them except 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 for that one point uh, with that radio exchange between bono and <laughs> and hamilton that was quite yeah. funny yeah. and hamilton's that was Ham- hilarious you can in, literally in, in, out 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 what 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 yeah you can literally like <laughs> uh feel you can literally see hamilton's face right uh when bono's with all the confusion and he's like hey man like what are you doing you know <laughs> you can't just keep like switching I, me between the track and the pit lane and guess what after the race he got reprimanded for it he did uh lucky well maybe not lucky could have but, almost uh, lost his win could have almost lost but his i think win. that would have been Which i, I, I think that would have been too harsh on hamilton uh, to to have that win taken away from him yeah, yeah, yeah. i agree i agree actually yeah 
And I think uh, I was reading an article on Motorsport on that decision where Charlie Whiting came on and said that the reason why they didn't really penalize him from a race perspective was because they didn't really have a precedent. Yeah. Hasn't happened too many times. I think the one time it did happen was in Baku in 2016 with Kimi Raikkonen. And when the way Kimi did it was a lot more dangerous. This was behind the safety car. So the whole reasoning was, yes, what you did was against the rules. But lucky for you, it wasn't as dangerous as it could have been. So you get a reprimand, you get a slap on the wrist, but uh, you keep your win. And most crucially, you keep 17 points. You're 17 points ahead of uh, Sebastian Vettel in the championship race. So that's huge. I wonder if this is a, a key moment in the title race. Just as just as I said after the triple header when when we did our last episode, said I think I dare dare I dream right now, dare I dream. I and, told you, uh, man. And I told you, don't jinx it. <laughs> I told you, don't jinx it. <laughs> I really wish wow. I didn't say that. I really wish I. But you know what? Uh, to be honest, Gautam and I'll, uh, I think I'm still with you though. I think what you're saying is still holds ground despite. Vettel's fault I think for the first time in I think three or four years in the hybrid era Ferrari have more horsepower than Mercedes oh yeah they do they've been able to find something in that battery uh, from that battery from the new technology which the other teams are not able to figure out it is it is brilliant the way Ferrari have suddenly upped the development game middle of the season and their upgrades are working and I think you saw that live and to to see Ferrari just uh out, put out the kind of speeds that they do it's mind-blowing and it's so good to see them do yeah, that i think this season's far from done far from done yeah so speaking of uh, key moments from the race i thought let's do a quick uh, award section go through that i don't know i think i think you'll kill me if the lap of the weekend goes to anyone else but sebastian you have to give it a vettel for that agreed lap of the weekend goes to sebastian vettel i mean that final pole lap after what Valtteri Bottas pulled out, I thought he pulled out uh, like one of those classic Lewis Hamilton moves where, you know, you thought Ferrari had it in the bag and, you know, Mercedes pulls it out in the... To be honest, end. I was quite sad that Sebastian Hamilton didn't end perfect. up on pole, actually. I was, I was about 10% sad because I was looking forward to the whole best fans are back. Ah, yes. But, uh, <laughs> but you know what? Even even then, I think for in a qualifying session, you want the best to go at each other. So it would have been nice to have seen Hamilton versus Vettel in Q3. But yeah, oh well, things happen. Um, overtake of the weekend, man. I this is this is gonna this is going to uh, <laughs> this is gonna surprise you, or maybe it won't. Are you gonna give it to Grosjean? I'm gonna. Yes, yes, you're right. I I knew it, Ansh, I knew it. And it's not just one overtake, it's a series of overtakes. He did do, he drove a brilliant race. The last 10 laps got him, he gained 6, I think from 10th, he went all the way to 6th. He gained 4 positions in the last 10 laps of the race. That was impeccable, some of those uh, overtakes. I think the one on, um, was, uh, I think it was Perez or Ocon, one of the Force Indias. Uh, On the outside... Um, and then I forget which turn I, I don't remember I saw the highlights and I was kind of just you know, so much was happening towards the end of the race I don't even remember when it was but they were inch perfect like they were surgically precise overtaking maneuvers for someone like Roman Grosjean and guess what now he's probably going to be in F1 for another five years just from that I don't know what it is about the rain <laughs> but I've realized this 
When it rains, Roman Grosjean somehow channels his inner Alan Prost. Wow, that is bold, bro. And that is he's, a profound claim. No, I have to I have to admit it. Roman Grosjean in the rain is he's he's a completely different driver. He, he's not he's, he's he's not the rickshaw driver that we know and we we like to make fun of so much but he's 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 like a top class racing driver in the rain oh man this just in breaking news Gotham has just compared roman grosjean to alain prost i am well, it could be worse i could compare him to senna which i'm not going to do but whoa 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 whoa, whoa. <laughs> that's a little that, yeah let's not get carried away <laughs> But, uh, but Prost, yeah, okay. I, okay. I think in the rain, Romain Grosjean is is a completely different prospect. I want to now talk about the Jakas moment of the weekend, and I have to give it to the perfect 360 that Charles Leclerc. Off. <laughs> that was impeccable car control because he that came out of that brilliant. gun as if he was doing that deliberately. It was so perfect. <laughs> I, I wonder what he was thinking when he was well. doing that. <laughs> so perfect he's like awesome. oh let me just spice this uh, race up a little bit more now yeah. it's as if Charles Leclerc is determined that he puts a mark on every single race he's in so if he's not in the points if he's not having the best results fine here you go yeah. he's a 360 look at this Ferrari look at this <laughs> gotta love that attitude gotta love that amazing. attitude amazing cool so the awards are done um, I did want to quickly touch upon one curious thing or one curious theme in this race before the carnage that was the rain is the whole team order strategy that Ferrari and Mercedes were pulling out. At first, uh, the first incident was when Vettel was on softs and had a faster tire strategy than Kimi Raikkonen, who was also having a really good race on his own. He was in the lead and he was instructed in a rather, I don't know, indirect manner that uh, hey Kimi uh, you guys are on different trial strategies you know it's as if they didn't didn't tell him that you need to move aside for Vettel but they were kind of hinting at him uh, which was interesting so that happened uh, and then in the later in the race when Vettel was out and Hamilton was in the lead after the safety car went in uh, Bottas was on a much faster tire strategy and probably had the faster car at that moment, but he was instructed to hold position uh, to allow Hamilton to speed away for the win. Well, I want to get your thoughts on this because on one hand, I felt, personally, I felt that um, Ferrari made the right call because it would have seriously compromised Vettel's race staying behind Raikkonen. But I think Mercedes, in my opinion, made the made an excruciatingly wrong call by leaving, asking Bottas to hold position because Bottas had the fastest strategy at the moment at that time. Um, Vettel was out of the race, so Hamilton would have gained a sizable championship lead anyways. So I felt maybe Bottas got robbed of a win. But would love your thoughts on that. Mm. I don't necessarily agree with you that Mercedes I think Mercedes mm. also made the right call and I know we discussed this a lot and the beginning I thought that uh, Hamilton got extremely lucky that uh, you know that Mercedes asked Bottas to mm-hmm. to sort of hold station and not attack Lewis yeah because uh, I really wanted to see where that fight was going I wanted to see if it was going to be a repeat it of, looked like of it the for, whole for Rosberg uh, Hamilton incident uh, but karma has prevailed in, in Mercedes and uh, Bottas was asked to hold station but I kind of understand uh, Mercedes' strategy as well because, you know, l- l- let's say this, the safety car did just go in at that point. 
right? Hamilton mm. was on older tires and his tires weren't up to temperature. Bottas on fresher tires, clearly, as you said, he had more speed and his, his uh, tires could have uh, reached optimum temperature much faster. And so that's why he was able to close the gap to, to Lewis so quickly and mm-hmm. to um, give it a good go. But in that whole process, because Hamilton's not going to yield to Bottas, obviously not. He's just fought for yep. P14 and he's now in the lead of the race. You tell Hamilton oh, that's to not, that was never gonna happen. let that was never Bottas gonna happen. go past because he's faster than you. That's never going to happen, right? So now mm. you either run the risk of taking both your cars out, which mm. is obviously uh, the worst scenario. And Mercedes, I think, a double DNF oh, at that point. From a constructor's the end of the season, I think... Yeah, I think that have been that have been kicked out of Hockenheim and told never to come back again. But, but then of course the more likely scenario would have been that in this whole fight, because Hamilton wasn't going to yield, Bottas is going to keep attacking. I think Raikkonen that's a was good definitely going to catch Reichlin. up to the two. Yeah, and uh, assuming assuming of course that Bottas did go past uh, Lewis, he's now opened up yeah. Lewis it to Kimi, like who's Bottas also in a fresher set of tires than, than Lewis Hamilton at that point because they were on the exact same tire strategy. Yeah, exactly. And uh, he's opened up, and so now it's not a question of Lewis losing one place, but he would have probably lost two places because Raikkonen was obviously going to attack mm. Lewis, and he was in a, he was in the faster car at the point. And yes, he would have still had a lead, but it wouldn't have been yeah, as sizable as seventeen points. Yeah. Uh, if if Lewis had finished P three, and at the end of the day, you can't really deny him the this victory. I mean, to go from P fourteen to P one, mm. which has never been done uh, before. It's just simply brilliant. It's it's absolutely brilliant. Uh, it was a drive that re- deserved a win, and uh, everyone was saying that at Hockenheim it's not like Silverstone where you could uh, pull off. These oh yeah, I mean hats off to Lewis Hamilton. I think uh, the track's not keep, as fast, or, or you know, with, uh, there's there's been a, there's been a lot of chatter in social media around how you know he was gifted the victory or whatever. That's I think that's absolutely bollocks. I think that he deserved the victory hands down. He drove an impeccable race. Uh, amazing overtakes to get into the situation uh, where he could make a move for the win. So hats off to Lewis Hamilton. I don't think I buy that whole argument that Mercedes gifted him the victory. I just feel that at some point, I think uh, Bottas was made the sacrificial lamb. But you know what? He just signed a new contract with Mercedes for another two years. I think that was the least he could have done in that situation. But also, let's face it, in terms of the championship uh, fight, That's true. Bottas That's true. is literally nowhere in the picture. He's, he's, he's number five in the standings. And into so, number two. Uh, yeah. to, to give him a win at this point, yes, of course, it does Bottas a lot of good for his confidence and everything. But in terms of the bigger picture, it doesn't really do anything. So yes, I understand your point about team orders and asking drivers to move over. Uh, and I, I think I think it's it's... It's a reality that we have to accept now in Formula One uh, with how influential mm. now the tyres are uh, on the on the outcome of the race. Uh, Pirelli and its compounds and, and it's, it's yep. quite unpredictable degradation. Uh, at the end of the day, I think it was a, compl- it was a team effort. Uh, probably the argument could be made that Ferrari didn't act fast enough in, in asking Kimi to move over for Sebastian. Um, it may not have had any any uh, bearing on the ultimate end result. Uh, Sebastian might have made the same mistake anyway. But uh, you never know. I mean, Lewis, when the safety car came out, if it wasn't for Sebastian, it might have come out for someone else. Uh, someone else could have just as easily easily made a mistake at that corner 
and uh, Lewis would have been very close and he would have been able to attack and at that point you're not going to ask Bottas to to uh, block Hamilton you're going to tell him to move over so that uh, Hamilton could attack the Ferraris uh, so you know I, I, I think if anything the argument could be made that Ferrari were a little too late to react but I think now team orders and asking drivers to move over for uh, let's say the faster cars uh, in invert in air quotes uh, is I think a reality that we have to live with and uh, it's not it's not as shocking as it was when um, when Ferrari did it to Barrichello in, back in the day in, in Austria when they asked him to move over for for Schumacher that was a dark uh, moment I don't think people get uh, that was a very dark moment nowadays I think it's it's a reality that everyone <laughs> yeah. accepts and that yeah. it's uh, to a certain extent it's true true and uh why why uh, sacrifice uh, one one driver for for the entire team so that's right that's so right. why sacrifice the entire team for well for yeah i mean the driver, fact so. that you have a constructor standings is enough reason to state that you know what you're a team as a team you have to play the team game sometimes and if it's fair then it's good as long as it's fair and i think that's the fine line that almost sometimes makes me question this whole philosophy of team orders you're completely right i agree with you in this current format in this current scenario with tires uh, with with different race strategies it makes sense to not have teammates impede others races but at some point when it comes towards the result of the race and you know one having to compromise his own strategy i think that's where i have a little bit of a problem with because at that point i felt what as was fast the faster car like he was uh you know if it wasn't the same team he had the right and was probably going to take the lead within the next couple of laps because Hamilton was not going to stop him in my honest, opinion, I think in my I think opinion. Vettel got it I think Vettel got it spot on when uh, in that whole period when he was stuck behind Raikkonen and he was sort of questioning okay what's going on right now like we don't seem to know what we're doing and I, I have to agree with him I I don't understand why Kimi not being the lead car Yeah. was given uh, the first call on strategy exactly uh, at least that's how it seemed to me how yeah. they pitted him i don't know if they anticipated this and they wanted kimi to uh, sort of be able to hold off uh, the, the mercedes uh, guys who are coming later but i found it quite strange that they didn't pit uh, vettel earlier than than raikkonen yeah. i thought that was weird too i was almost i thought i thought, I thought it was quite strange and yeah. i was like what are they doing are they trying to are they trying to mess up uh, vettel's championship fight uh, what's and going on and arguably right and i don't want to you know again let's get into some speculation let's keep it a little bit masaledar who knows i mean in that period where they were discussing whether Raikkonen should have moved for him or whether they were discussing as to when the swap should take place or having those long-winded hints about Kimi having to move over Vettel was losing tire temperature and he was locking up like crazy and maybe those lockups resulted in lesser grip in the rain period which made the mistake which made the mistake happen so I mean who knows if Ferrari were a little bit more clear in their own strategies maybe that mistake would not have happened because he was he did lock up a few times man just because he didn't have the tire temperature behind Raikkonen I'm going to say this but it's crazy how your theory makes a little bit of sense man my theories always make sense <laughs> i'm quite surprised that this time it's making a little bit of sense <laughs> who knows who knows i mean who knows i, mean, I don't know i don't yeah. know maybe in the rain it didn't matter eventually anyways but who knows 
So, uh, but well, yeah. I mean, this was billed as the fight for five, and uh, you have to say, Lewis has taken a big step towards winning that fight. That's true. That's true. Very cool. Very cool. Well, on that note, let's move on to Hungary, which is this coming weekend. Quick, quick things, man. I love these back-to-back races. I love frequent races. This is awesome. <laughs> I know the teams probably hate the Liberty Media and Formula One for it, but I'm loving it, man. Bring on Hungary, where you meant you meant you never know. It's a it's a it's a high downforce track with not a lot of straight line speed needed. So maybe Red Bull might be in the thick of things as well. Who knows? Yeah, exactly what I was thinking. Red Bull could spoil both Ferrari and Mercedes. And I'm sure Daniel Ricciardo needs that. You know, you have a fast starting. Uh, you have a fast starting Max Verstappen uh, on the first three rows of That's the grid, and, and anything can happen. And it's very close to anything Dutch fan territory as well, so. You can be sure that those Dutch fans that you saw at Hockenheim well, are probably now traveling <laughs> to Hungary. <laughs> I wouldn't be awesome. surprised. But I am I'm looking forward to seeing how 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 Vettel bounces back yeah. from Hungary because I, th- I think he got it spot on in the sense that he said, yeah, it's a small he made a small mistake, mm-hmm. but with big consequences. But uh, what he said was right, that they have every reason to be at least as confident, if not more than yep. uh, other teams, because uh, the pace that Ferrari have is just simply mind-blowing and the pace it's not just the straight line speed but also just how balanced and how good that car looks in corners looks amazing uh, it, it just looks it just the, Ferrari have really upped Absolutely. their game in the past two races and so it's uh, it'll be really interesting to see what, what happens um, uh, in Hungary uh, I do expect a bit of a fight from Red Bull and I do expect mm-hmm. a Red Bull on the podium but uh in terms of in terms of the fight between Vettel and Hamilton, uh, I don't I don't think uh, Vettel's gonna get the lead of the championship. No, just this is uh, probably, yet he's gonna have to he's gonna have to plan yeah, that over the summer say, break. I how think he's the gonna summer do break that. might be crucial in terms of how both drivers prepare their latter half of the season. Speaking of which, uh, how about just a quick word on the midfield battle as well? Um, the Ferrari engine cars Haas and Sauber are now in the thick of it along with Force India and Renault so that's something that's pretty exciting to watch as well and we are now all of a sudden see the Taurus or Honda almost on the fag end of that but that's an interesting battle that we need to keep our eyes on as well because uh, the, the works Renault team will always be in the mix for the best of the rest but uh, uh, the Ferrari powered Haas and the uh, uh, the McLarens and the Force Indias are Kind of making things interesting as well so something to look forward to bring on hungary cool and senna whose fantasy team is merkin mercs i'm 100 points behind you i'm this close i'm coming for your lead so watch out and make the best choices for your fantasy team picks because i might come and take the lead after hungary let's see which is the longer shot you overtaking marking marks or, or vettel overtaking hamilton wow. for the championship wow. He just paid that. All right, let's see. Let's see which of the two become. Uh, um, <laughs> well, on that cliffhanger moment, thank you so much for listening to us. Uh, as you are always, it's a pleasure, and we will see you on the other side of Hungary. Until then, take care. Peace. <laughs>